Hello and welcome to Art Pop and Bottles, the podcast where each week we review an album by a non-male artist. Um, this is our season finale, folks, so m- make sure that you enjoy. Um, my name is Justin. <laughs> my name is Kayla. <laughs> um, and we like to start each week by talking about a couple things. First, Kayla, what are you drinking? Um, today I'm drinking White Claw. Yesterday, my brother came over. We're in the process of relocating. And so he came over to take a look at furniture to take. And um, he, on the way over, he was like, do you want a Slurpee? And I was like, yes. He shows up like half an hour later with a like 18 pack of white claw and was like the slurpee machine was broken so that was my (laughs) memorial day what about you justin i honestly will always accept a like a seltzer an alcoholic seltzer in lieu of a slushy um i'm drinking cabernet sauvignon boda box um, a classic a classic uh but it like it's not from the dollar store thank God, and let me tell you, the body is really, really fantastic. Um, <laughs> Incredible. That's what we like to hear. I know. A good, uh, a good bodied boxed wine. <laughs> um, so each week we also talk about what pop star we're feeling like this week. I have been tasked with starting, um, and I... You know, I felt like my career was really on track pre-pandemic. I really felt like they, I had, like, promising moments ahead. Um, and now I'm doing my best artistic work online to an audience of just a few people. And in that way, I feel like Ashley Tisdale. Um <laughs> <laughs> incredible oh my gosh that's so funny because lately I've been feeling booked I've been feeling blessed I've been feeling like a COVID denier so I feel like Vanessa Hudgens (laughs) what a fitting duo um, for this podcast in case season finale baby we're going hard yes we're going hard this is thematic um that that's a hint. I just I just foreshadowed for the listeners out there. Okay, <laughs> the listeners who didn't read the title of the episode. Also, the, the the listeners at home should know that we're both wearing bucket hats. I think it's important to your enjoyment of this season finale. You're right. You're right. We both chose. We selected bucket hats. We selected. Uh, like a fun eye moment. Kayla's got these amazing clear aviators in gold. Um, oh, you can't even see my rhinestones. I stuck rhinestones on my eye, which is not uh, very thematic, but it's like in the spirit of, you know? Absolutely. I think it, I think it, I would call that thematic. I um, threw some white sparkly liquid eyeshadow on my eyes um, with a, a reckless abandon um and we're (laughs) we're both wearing tank tops so if you can't figure out what album we're reviewing then stop listening now Uh, (laughs) this week we've got a few current events for you we're going to start with um pod regular topic um demi lovato came out as non-binary um she came out kind of um 
along with like her rolling out her podcast, 4D with Demi. Uh, what? But the executive producer is saying something to me. They came out. <laughs> Shouted from across the apartment. That's so funny. Listeners, I hope you could hear that at home. Just a tiny, they! They! <laughs> they came out along with the, like, rollout of their podcast, 4D with Demi. Um, and the first guest um, was, I, uh, I can't I think remember. it was, uh, wasn't their first guest, Alok Menon? Yeah, it was. Um, Who's also a non-binary artist. Uh, I know them as a poet, but I also know they have uh, done a lot of different types of art over the years. They have a book out, and then we, like, famously referenced their um, Instagram post when we were talking about Harry Styles' Vogue Mm. cover. Um, Yeah, famously. Famously. Um, But... I'm so excited for Demi. Like, as we've been talking about in the past few weeks, like, coming out is a process, and they've really been, like, making strides and um, accepting themselves, and it's so exciting. Um, And I think that, like, and I think that that's kind of the hard thing about this last album, which she was kind of in a really transitional period, and now, now they have the opportunity to, like, really share themselves with us. So I haven't listened to the podcast, but I definitely will. What's your take on it? I am thrilled. I think it's amazing. Great for them. I'm um, I'm a huge fan. I think, too, that some of the first pictures that they posted um, after coming out as non-binary were, like, them in sort of, like, goth makeup with, like, short, spiked black hair, which I, On a beach. I think we talked about uh, the wish to a return to emo Demi. Um, I think on our Demi recent Demi episode and I'll repeat it. I love it. I, I think it's a look. I think it's hilarious. Um, and I think, you know, I, it's, it's nice to see Disney stars joining the queer fam, joining the non-binary fam and, um, and being embraced, I think, and hope um, that uh, it'll be a great Pride Month for Demi Lovato. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's like such like we, the queer community has been making such strides recently, and like truly mainstream pop music, which I love. Um, we've got Lil Nas X out there. We've got Demi. We've got Miley. Like, there's like, and many more that. Are, but like for for like the traditional mainstream pop, like what what a year it's been so far. Um, in other queer news. Um, <laughs> Lady Gaga recently, like, received the key to, I believe it was West Hollywood, in celebration of the 10-year anniversary of Born This Way, an album we've reviewed, um, and also announced a day or two later that um, she would be re-releasing Born This Way with um, queer artists, um, like, reimagining the tracks um on each of the tracks on the album um the first track um that i believe is already released um was reimagined by big fridia so um exciting news what's your take on it (laughs) i mean if you listen to the born this way episode you know already what i'm gonna say which is like born this way is not 
not my pride. Like, it's just very <laughs> offensive to so many different people and it, for no fucking reason. Um, but uh, also, I understand it is very important to a lot of people. So whatever. I don't know. I don't really, sorry, I don't care. I I think it's, I think this is probably the best thing she could do with it, right? Is like give the platform to other queer artists. Um, but ultimately, like, what if, she just like, I don't know, produced their music or, you know, promoted what they had to say instead of letting them speak through her. I don't know. It's through her like offensive lyrics. Like, are they going to change the lyrics? That's what I want to know. Has anything dropped? Um, Aaron, look up the specific song that um, Big Fridia dropped, but um, I don't believe that they've re. Judas. Oh, maybe it's Judas. I, we, one executive producer thinks it may be Judas. I know that they haven't redone Born this way yet, which, oh, it is Judas. Um, but I like. I, I think that you're right. I think that the only way that this like re-release makes sense is for them to re-record the lyrics. Like, pick something else. You can absolutely. <laughs> say anything else no truly uh, anything 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 but also um the uh i think it's it's funny that i wonder what she's gonna choose to me it sounds exciting that she has the possibility to like potentially make better choices um but also i wonder like how that conversation is gonna happen and if she even is like frankly i would not be surprised if if it goes out it's the same words I hope not. I, I mean, I feel like Taylor Swift changed your gay to something else. Like She changed I, that, though, the year it came out. Like, she didn't wait 10 years. I mean, you're right. You're right. I'm, Taylor I'm Swift on the cusp of change. Uh, and a, a true uh, ally. A member of the queer community. Frankly, no. Um, <laughs> is still a Republican. Um, I'm kidding. She's definitely a centrist. She's a Democrat. She's not a Republican. However, I don't know. I don't know if it's better. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I'm interested to see the lineup. I think like Big Fridia is kind of an obvious choice and has been doing a lot of great work. Um, But I, you know, I would love to see a fucking drag artist in there and not someone from RuPaul, but just like someone well known. And I would, I would love to see. Um, be careful what you wish for. It's probably going to be Tina Burner. <laughs> oh my God. If it's Tina Burner, I, I'm over it. She sings. Um, she sings. We'll keep you on watch. We'll, we, we will release something when the born this way re-release comes out. <laughs> I do want to just jump in and say one, excuse me, one more thing. I burped. Um, we're going to be, uh, or last summer, I think was when we did born this way, our review, Right? It was like a year ago-ish. And in the ensuing year, I just wanted to jump in and say... Judas has is really kind of a masterpiece. I think that I didn't give it a high enough personal rating when we on the first go around, but it is a song that I have started running to, and it is one song that I will not. Sometimes you know there are songs that I'll fast forward. This song, anytime it comes on, I'm running to the full length of it, and that is an accomplishment. Um, a religious workout track. Thank you, Gaga. Uh, well, I think it's Judas. because there's so much Catholicism in your life each week. You know what? I think that that's exactly it. I'm like, oh my gosh, the liturgy. <laughs> <laughs> also, the beat is is very, very runnable. Um, 
Okay, next up, we have Dua is releasing a new track um, called Love Again. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, it's this Friday, honey. Um, (laughs) And the cover art is interesting. It's her in sort of like a notched collar, white button down with a bolo tie. And then what looks to be a black cowboy hat with red lipstick and then a deconstructed clown makeup. So I I think it's a high fashion rodeo clown look now that I've said all of that out loud. Um, I don't know that it reads like that visually. (laughs) I know. I mean, Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Well, okay. So what do you think about this drop? I think that Do is one of those that can absolutely release an album a year after her previous album. She's still early in her career. The buzz around her music is good. Like, I want it to be good. And I will say that, like, Dua is one of those artists that I will probably look to for consistency. Like, I'm not necessarily nervous that the material is going to be good because she seems like she knows her lane and she sticks to it. And so I'm excited to hear the the track. What about you? I mean, I love Levitating, but I've heard it so fucking much lately that, like, let's get a new one in the rotation. Whatever, Whatever she drops, you know it will be overplayed on radio. So, yeah, let's cycle another one. In. I don't care. Great. I don't care. She is a very much a radio darling. I wonder what her label is, but I bet it's Interscope. I because they seem to just have like the. She the, is like, played all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Finally, our last. Um, I'm going to throw to Kayla for our last current event. Um, Rita Ora has recently been in the news for um some some behavior (laughs) absolutely oh i just wanted to also mention when we're recording this so you have a frame of reference for the news i think we said do a song is dropping on friday we are now recording on tuesday june 1st so that friday it'll be dropped is going to be the fourth yeah the fourth um so with regards to rita ora rita ora is currently dating taika waititi who is new zealand uh writer director actor um of the uh thor franchise. He directed Ragnarok, I believe. Uh, he also, you know, is of um, Jojo Rabbit fame, um, plays Hitler in that movie that I think he also wrote and directed. Um, he has, uh, he and Rita Aura have been dating, which in and of itself is just like, honestly, it blows my fucking mind. Um, because he, he also is still married. He is not divorced. He and his wife are separated, but he is not a divorced man. Okay. So he and Rita have been publicly dating for months, I think throughout the most or the whole of the pandemic. Recently, he went out to wherever it is to shoot the next floor or whatever. I I'm so sorry, Marvel fans, but he went there to do that. <laughs> Tessa Thompson's in the Thor movie because she's that one with the armor. And so photos came out over the past week of uh, an alleged, well, pretty apparent threesome between Rita Ora, Taika Waititi, and Tessa Thompson. There was an, also a fourth party present who is alleged to be Tessa Thompson's boyfriend. Uh, I think he's an Australian model and he's a twin. So this... Mm-hmm. 
all happened. There are pictures of Rita and um, Tessa making out. There are pictures of the three of them making out. There are pictures of Taika and Tessa kissing, which is like, they all got to show up to work the next day. But okay. I um, wanted to bring this up because, for one, Rita Ora has never looked more Caucasian than she does in this picture. (laughs) She looks like the white girl that she is, and we love to see it. Um, And secondly... How does who is Rita Ora's agent? They are working the hardest of anyone in the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. Thirdly, I stand. I stand a multiracial foursome. Why not? I I'm here for it. I also think it's so messy of them to get photographed. Um, so I love it. What do you think, Justin? I mean, I messy being the operative word. I do sort of love Rita for how ridiculous she is as a human being. Um, and like, I, I think that my biggest problem with Rita is that we all assumed that she was black and she said nothing about it. And like, so it's hard for me to be like, oh, let's talk about Rita Ora and be excited about it. But like, <laughs> She is crazy. Um, and I've like heard her on podcasts in the past and she like loves to yell at people, loves to like drink really? vodka so- Yeah. She like is like a vodka soda connoisseur, like is apparently oh always drunk. She's like gotten okay. messy with a lot of the queens from Drag Race. That's how I know this because I've heard her on like Drag Race podcasts where she's been like gossiping about people, gotten in fights with people. Wait, I didn't know any of this. This actually makes me like her more. I Should know, it not? Is like... she obnoxious on these podcasts? <sighs> um. When she was on with Rue, she was on Rue's podcast, and that was just wild because they're both such unlikable people. I recommend the (laughs) listen because it was, like, because it was crazy. But in terms of, like, a figure who's, like, funny to watch be messy, I love. But, I mean, judge me for what you will, but Alaska's one of my favorite queens, and Rita apparently just hates Alaska um, because they were on set at the same time doing some, like, I think it was, like, a New Year's thing. Um, And, like, they just, like, Rita asked Alaska to vacate the, like, dressing room so that she could get dressed. It was all very, like, um, controversial, Um, but fun. So I... I love, but as in terms of this news, amazing. Love a foursome, love photographs about a foursome, love, um, love any sort of genuine messiness in the press. So go off, girl. Yes. Happy Pride to Tessa Thompson and Tessa Thompson only. <laughs> um, happy pride oh my god if i if i see one more tweet about how corporations release merch for gays i'll throw my phone across the room i'm bored of it it's not funny anymore and i like it's just stupid it's a stupid well, but it's joke true though no do you disagree Oh, no, I don't disagree at all, but, like, I you don't... You just don't want to be told. <laughs> I don't want to pay attention to it. I'm not buying the merch. The end. Totally. No, absolutely. No, I do think that it's become this sort of... Well, but that was the main lens through which I was sort of acquainted with, with Pride initially, was that it was not a thing for the like not white not gays you know not gay men you know like that that pride was sort of like a thing that like didn't reach everybody um and so that's sort of how I 
I've grown to really be fond of Pride and Pride Month, but only like later in life. Like I never went to a Pride as a youth. I think I went to my first Pride just like a few years ago, even though I was usually in town for New York's Pride. It was just like um, kind of like, uh, it was kind of like St. Patrick's day, you know, it was like, everyone just gets drunk and spends unnecessary money. And it's not, not as much fun as you think it's going to be, which is still true. I think of pride, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, I've grown to be really fond of it. Yeah. I'm excited for the event itself. I, we need to look up when Kansas City's is because it would be really fun if we could go together, but that's off pod business. Um, anyways, we're doing an album this week. We are. It's the biggest release of 2021 thus far. It's a juggernaut. Um, it was released roughly two weeks ago. Um, couldn't tell you the date, but we will. Um, no, May 12th. May, May 11th. 12th. Something like that. May 11th or 12th, Sour was released um, by Olivia Rodrigo. As you have heard throughout the pod, um, Kayla and I have become stands. We've become president of, it's May 21st. (laughs) You know what? I talked the other day on this podcast about being number dyslexic, (laughs) where I switched the numbers a different time. Uh, So, yeah. Um, Wait, what are you showing me? Oh, yeah, it was just in the chat. (laughs) It was released May 21st, which Kayla then inverted to May 12th. Um, I don't see a problem with that, frankly. Mm -mm. Okay, Kayla, where were you May 21st? You mean the 12th? Um, 12th. I was, I'm looking at my Google calendar to get it really specific. Um, I was here in Sunnyvale, California. I had a number of meetings on that day, one of which I really biffed. It was pretty bad. Um, Another meeting went really well. Um, And that's all I have to say. It was two weeks ago. We were in a pandemic, so I was... You know, things are looking up for me personally, but we have baseline of we're in a state of emergency still. So there's all that. What about you? Uh, the trauma of all that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm bringing up my calendar so that I can actually really speak to this. May 21st. So that was a Friday. I was at my friend's outdoor um, gig, um, at Buffalo pizza company. I was watching my friends play. They're in a little all girl band and it was really, really fun. Um, Kansas city of course has like lifted restrictions a little bit early. So we've been still wearing masks, but going to outdoor events. Um, it feels, this feels like maybe the longest spring I've ever encountered because maybe I like, this is the first time in my life where I have not been in school for spring. Um, so it's been feeling like a very long spring. I was really looking forward to sour as you know, from the pod, it has not disappointed. Um, and it's so fun to talk, um, fave tracks with everybody I know that has been listening to this album. And that's, I think one of the fun things about like a true pop record that reaches such a large audience is that you really get to dissect and 
um, and discuss with everyone you know, um, unlike Leah Michelle's louder. Uh, <laughs> no, we had to bring in specialists for that one, but boy, were they good. Boy, were they good. Um, I can't wait for everyone to hear that episode. Um, okay, so that covers where we were. So let's get into it. I'm so excited. Um, what are your thoughts on Brutal? Here are my notes. I My notes are a little bit lackluster this time because I could talk ad nauseum about any of these tracks. Right. So, Brutal, I wrote, Obsessed. Love the opening and the guitars, the da na 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 It's so good. Um, the lyric, Who Am I If Not Exploited? Masterpiece. Amazing. The lyric, I Can't Even Parallel Park. da na 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 11 out of 10. What do you think? This is such a fucking banger of a song mm-hmm. and I'm so 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 excited that she released this song and it also really like it does contextualize the album and the singles that she released because Good For You came out and we were like okay so we're shifting to pop punk how is this going to be contextualized in the album and then there's like a very specific um a very like I'm so sorry Jeremy Wait, what is Jeremy laughing at fucking wild um he did that thing where like where you, you like puff yourself out and you're like oh look i'm pregnant but he did it in uh, such a dramatic way that i looked to the right and i was like what the fuck is happening um, anyways I like I love this track starting it I I think that this is some of the I think it's the best lyricism on the album and we may fight about that later but I like I just think it's like yeah the lyric who am I if not exploited what an like an amazing thing to do on your first album like this is first track too of a Disney stars album you know yeah she's here we go she is like is talking about being exploited like it's almost like Disney just sort of lifted everything they were like we've traumatized so many pop stars in the past that like you can say whatever you want I don't care Um, But I also think that, like, when I was reading about this album, they sort of recorded it, like, quickly, like, and they weren't super monitored, and then it was released to the public. Um, And, like, I don't know. What a stunning way to, to, to drop it. And I also, one of the big things that I took away from this album and this track in particular is like the first long, the first line is, I'm so insecure, I think that I'll die before I drink. Like Olivia really puts her insecurities out there in such a like raw, vulnerable way that like I, you know, I do think hasn't been done in the past. Like we've been in such a moment of empowerment that like uh, Olivia coming in and being like, I want to know who hates you and who loves me. And like, sorry. Um, I don't know. I love that. And I think that it's an interesting perspective from a pop star. I feel like I've been talking for 30 minutes. (laughs) No, you haven't. I really love this track. As you said, as an opener, I feel like it really sets tonally that we are doing sort of like a different kind of pop album. She is really coming in strong and saying like, you know, I released driver's license. I released deja vu, these more traditional pop tracks, but this album, um, is, 
gonna approach things a little bit differently. And I love that. I think this sounds really fresh. I also think um, <laughs> Cameron and I have just taken to saying brutal and then it's brutal out here like all the time. Um, <laughs> like anything happens, it's brutal out here. Like, God, <laughs> um, it's brutal out it's, here. This is an iconic track. I love it. I love it. What's your rating out of 10? If you um, 11 out of 10 as well. Great. Great. Exceeds expectations. Oh, for sure. It knocks it out of the park. Yes. Um, next up, oh my God, is Traitor. Um, you go first. Well, I think that I know you might like this song because you were just singing it while we were off air. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote, sorry, I wrote fine, very good, even, don't love it, 8 out of 10. I think it's I think it's a lovely song. She sings it well. Everything's good about it, 8 out of 10. You know, it's very strong. It just, like, doesn't get me in the way that Brutal and some of these other tracks do. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's interesting because I do get sort of, like... Uh, similarly to when we were when we reviewed Billie Eilish, the, you do get ballad fatigue um, to a point with this album, and mm -hmm. and it, I think it depends on which ballad you connect to, like lyrically, that you've decided like this is the one I like and this is the one that I don't. I um, read a review that put Traitor. It was by Billboard, so I never trust that. But they put Traitor as like the number one track on this album, and I was like, that is baffling I think it's <laughs> good I think that her voice is showcased really well and you get that sort of clear Olivia Rodrigo tone and like um beautiful falsetto and I really like it um but I'm not going to give it a 10 out of 10 I would give it a 9 out of 10 I think um the one thing about Trader is it's catchy as hell it gets stuck in my head all the time yeah yeah, um, it does. Yeah. Well, written. very Taylor, very Swifty in, in its chorus. Mm, yeah. We also have, um, I looked up as I was researching, um, I think two of the tracks on this album are, she has sole writing credit. Most of the other ones have only one or two other co-writers. So it's with this like, is an album she had a really, really heavy uh, hand in. What were you saying? It's with like Daniel Grito? I don't know if that's the name that it is, but there's like one specific co-writer and I yeah. was reading like he's from a band and then like helped her produce. It's I think it's very Jack Antonoff Lord, but like yes. a different generation sort of. A well, vibe. and hopefully not ja Jack Antonoff Lord. I know, but where's the album, Lord? Um, where's the album? Where's the album? Where's the fucking? Okay, so we're doing driver's license um, an iconic track that we've spoken of in the past um but i i'll start on this one it's a masterpiece and we say we throw around masterpiece i wouldn't say a lot but i would say <laughs> more than warranted i think no we've i think it's exactly as much as warranted We've used the word masterpiece on a Pussycat Dolls album in the past, but it I, was warranted. I stand by it. <laughs> but, but you, do you want to recant? I think it's fine. No, we did I it. Won't. I will never recant. Not for the Pussycat Dolls. Uh, so um, I wrote like suburban poetry is just mwah. like hmm. it's been done by Troy. It's been done by Lord, but it's never not a relatable 
like lyric and it's never not like done in a nuanced way. I think it's fantastic. Um, the bridge, when she gets into these whisper tones, like the, like her whisper falsetto is stunning. Um, so clear. And then I, you know, I think that she's very, and I've said this in the past about different artists, but she is very narrative driven, similarly to like a country music like moment. Like there's a lot of storytelling here. And I think that that's why, um, like why people are like, yes, she is a singer songwriter. Like that's the, the sort of media line that you get all the time is that Olivia Rodrigo wants to be known as a great songwriter. And I do think that she's really very, very good. Um, and then I wrote one lyric. Um, I like the lyric, I kind of feel sorry for them because they'll never know you the way that I do. I think that that's probably the most brilliant of the lines on this album because it's very clear that she's in sort of a toxic relationship after you listen to all of the tracks. But like, that's a, a smart take on a toxic relationship is that like, there's a reason why people stay in them because like they f think that they know someone in a certain way and they see someone in a certain light. And so um, I like it. I like it a lot. It's a masterpiece. What do you think? I, the only notes I have are 15 out of 10, the voice of a generation, exclamation mark. <laughs> it's perfect. I mean, uh, the words, her interpretation, the production, it's flawless. And I think, too, that it falls in line with a lot of the other 15 out of 10 tracks that I've rated over the past few months. Like, I do think it's an iconic song that we're going to be listening to 30 years from now. And that's going to, you know, bring up feelings at weddings and like I can hear like sometimes when I hear the ding of uh, the car now I'm like driver's license like and I sometimes it, upon hearing this song today I'll grant I am early in my period so I'm especially emotional <laughs> literally two bars I was I was crying there was absolutely no reason like I'm I feel like I'm actually at an okay point in my life right now on the <laughs> eve of my 31st birthday but I I just started weeping within like 10 seconds of hearing this song. I think it's perfect. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I agree with you. It it is like a tearjerker first chords. Like it's and and that that putting that car sound in was brilliant. Oh my um, god. Every time I hear a car now, I'm like, it's driver's license. <laughs> um I can we take a, a brief driver's license break? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. back is the thing we're back and um you know it's the season finale we're trying to like bring it really fresh and new so uh we're gonna do a shot um see if we that's get jumper. fresh that's <laughs> new for us we've never done a shot on air before um should we cheers to something like thematic from this season of the pod? Such a long and blessed season. I think we should cheers to it's brutal out here. Yeah, it is brutal out here. It's brutal out here. No, All I right. think we had a great season. I had such a great time. I got a, I got really drunk on some of these episodes. So sorry, listeners. I just really drank a lot. Well, I, I laid off drinking for a little bit, and I came back in too strong. So 
Thank you for to the listeners for being here. Thank you to Justin for being a great co-host. Thank you to our producers for putting up with our bullshit and making entertaining games every week. Uh, yes, a special thanks to that. That's I mean the producers have been nothing but iconic throughout. Except and also, that one game. cheers to our guests. We had a lot of guests come on this season, and I had so much fun with all of them. Yes, me too. I want to echo all of that. I want to say thank you, Kayla, for making such a fun podcast with me. It's literally a highlight of the week every week, um, sometimes every two weeks. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've had such fun reviewing everyone that we've done. um, And I think that this podcast has expanded my view of pop music in such a fantastic way. And... um, it's Britney, bitch, and it's brutal out here. Cheers. It's Britney, bitch. It's brutal out here. Ugh. Oh, my God. That was terrible. I cheated. Oh, I did, half, God, I did like a, worse. <laughs> I did a shot and then a little bit of cranberry, and I still didn't finish it. I'll say it. Well, I finished oh, my tiny bottle of New Amsterdam. Um, so we're good to go. Okay, yeah. let's let's roll. I did, I did Svedka. Svedka, which is so fun to say. Okay. Svedka. You know, I've been jonesing for Svedka because I saw some someone drinking it online. I think um, that Svedka is underrated. I think so, too. I do. Okay. The next, um, and I'm sure that you know this, so I'm just going to ask. The next track is one step forward and three steps back and who is uh sampled in this track kayla um well two writers are credited on this track taylor swift and jack antonoff you can hear the beginnings of the uh swift track i think it's called new year's day Yes. Um, and it's that piano ding, 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 sort of a Spectre-esque uh, opening piano line. And so that's, I believe the word is interpolated into the track here. At, for the first verse, it's the main backing that Olivia sings against. And as the track develops, there are more instruments that get added, but the piano line is very prominent throughout. And it is the same piano line as on New Year's Day. Um I did not write much for this track. I wrote the tailor of it all. I do really like this track. It kind of hit something in me. And maybe that's what I meant when I wrote down the tailor of it all. It's, it's sort of really, uh, baldly emotional in a, in a way that is similar to Taylor Swift songs. I feel like the, Also, the bald fandom is really appealing to me. The, like, there's, (laughs) here I go again doing stupid MFA shit on this podcast. But Mm -hmm. there's an essay um, by Eleanor Fuchs that's very sort of, like, fundamental to, like, the scholarship around dramaturgy and, like, play analysis uh, called... Oh, gosh. A Visit to a Small Planet. And so she, like, says that you ought to imagine each play that you read as if it is its entire universe unto itself and, like, imagine all the different things. And one of the things that you're supposed to analyze through this lens is how many theatrical mirrors there are. Like, what... I think she writes something like what is signaling to each other within these performances? Like, you know, uh, is... um, 
if if we're doing sort of like a West Side Story, right? We're signaling to Romeo and Juliet, but we're also signaling there's theatrical mirrors to other musicals. There's theatrical mirrors to like very specific specific New York theater um, tropes and. Uh, I think uh, this song, the theatrical or musical mirrors, really get me the the mirrors of Taylor and Taylor sort of refracting to me like this sort of specter piano sound, specter sort of um, riffing off like Carol King and some of the old like. Uh, pop singer-songwriters, pop uh, female pop singer-songwriters. So um, to me, th- this song really comes together. It still isn't my favorite. I would rate it a 9 out of 10. What do you think, Justin? I appreciate what you were saying there with, like, the sort of lineage of it all. Like, um, <clears throat> there's another, like, there's a prominent review that, like, compares Alanis Morissette to... Um, to Olivia Rodrigo and Good For You, um, which, like, oh, we'll talk about later, but... Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. I can't wait to talk about it. Let's go. I know, but I, like, I do think this sort of, like, female singer-songwriter, like, passing the torch is really valuable, and I do love the, like, the love between Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift because there is such a direct line between them, and because it's kind of, like... I love a I love a camaraderie because I hate Gen Xers, but I'm obsessed with Gen Zers. Wait, why do you hate Gen Xers? They're, they're so agreeable. They're you know, so Winona Ryder. Boring. They're boring, is what well, they are. Sure, but why do you hate that? They're just the, caught between the interesting generations. <laughs> well, oh my God, Gen Xers, please don't talk talk to us about these comments. We're not ageist. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I'm sorry I, we're ageist. I'm not. I'm not feeling ageist. I'm just. I just hate a Gen Xer because they typically like just want to be like middle management, and their wet dream was like like creating a website that like. Really really did well and like oh that's so funny because I think of Gen when I think of Gen Xers I do feel like I think more of like the counterculture I think about like Nirvana I feel think about grunge I think about like Drew Barrymore doing drugs in her teens like that's my sort of like mental picture of a Gen Xer and I feel (laughs) like that but you know what you're saying is really true about sort of I feel like Gen X conformity. Anyway, continue what you were saying. I'm sorry that I really wanted to talk about Gen X. <laughs> no, I love. I, I I just love that millennials and Gen Zers have sort of joined hands underneath the umbrella of Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift, and I think it's very apparent here, and I'm glad that she feels comfortable referencing a song from 2017. I think that's kind of exciting. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. She's so young, though. She's like, that song came out when I was 13. <laughs> You're right. Um, also, as Catherine De La Rosa knows, Reputation is my favorite Taylor Swift, so I was happy to hear it here. Um, as far as lyricism goes, I really do like the part where, like, um, she talks about, like, walk me to the door crying. Um, and, like, uh, juxtaposed with a lot of other things. But I, like... You know, this one, again, it becomes apparent that she is with someone who's kind of toxic. And then is this the one where she, like, says that, no. It's not the one where she says that she read all of his self-help books. Maybe let me look up that lyric and I'll confirm, but keep going. I don't think it is. I'm reading, I'm looking at the lyrics now, 
But again, she like she really picks on something, picks up on something relatable. And because she's a Disney queen, she's not looking to give you a super fresh angle. She's just here to give you great delivery, great storytelling, great vocals. And that's sort of, I think, the the magical combination for Olivia Rodrigo. And um, I think that this song is really good. Um, but I would give it a 9 or an 8 out of 10. Great. Um, Deja Vu. Um, I'll start with this one. I think that this one is tricky because it came out between two like debut number ones. It had to follow driver's license, which is like exceptionally hard to do. And I don't think that any song would have done well. I mean, unless um, I will say that, I mean, Lady Gaga is really great at following a great track with another great track, but anyways, (laughs) in her early years, but uh, (laughs) I think Deja Vu was good, and it's actually one of my favorite singles. Um, I think it's one of those songs that you absolutely have to drive through, drive to. Um, and I wrote that I'm never not impressed by the elasticity of her voice. Like, she does so many things in songs, from, like, a whispery falsetto a la Billie Eilish to, like, a really strong soprano belt to, and she even does spoken word well, which is not something you see with everyone who has an incredible falsetto. So I, I love her versatility and I think this is a really good song. What do you think? I don't have much notes for this. I wrote, to me, it's a 10 out of 10. I think it's really lush. I think the visuals were great when they came out. The vocals are great. The writing is strong. To me, it's not my favorite track on the album, but for me, it's still a 10 out of 10. Like, it's still a pretty perfect pop song. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the fact that I'm having to split hairs and be like, oh, I don't like it that much. 10 out of 10. Like, whatever. It's great. It's it's great. <laughs> for Sure. What do you think of um, the Billy Joel discourse on Twitter? Um, Have you heard? Have you seen? No. Help. Tell me. So a lot of people are like, like, I love that Olivia Rodrigo is being like, um, uh, like sort of possessive over loving Billy Joel and all, and like all generations have done it. And, I don't know that that lyric for me is not believable because I'm like, honey, like everybody knows Billy Joel. I like, I don't know if you can take up like a possessive quality over it and then like read a blonde girl for not knowing of Billy Joel. Um, what do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, I know many Gen Zers who have not seen the movie Shrek, so I don't doubt that many Gen Zers don't know about Billy Joel. <laughs> I guess you're right. I mean, I don't really care about Billy Joel, and maybe that's why I don't like the lyric. Um, <laughs> no, I I think she picked it because it rhymes. Well, either think? that or I wonder if there's any documented evidence. Like the way the song sounds, it's like there's a TikTok out there somewhere where uh, those two people are, you know, her ex and Sabrina, whatever, are like hanging out. She's wearing his jacket, and Billy Joel is playing in the background. Like I, th- the the song lends itself to there being actual physical documentation of this moment. So if that doesn't exist it's for the rhyme i think yeah yeah 
I'm going to sing it for the listeners. I'll bet you she knows Billy Joel because you played her up down, girl. Um, You're singing I it, it together. together. Okay. Um, there's also the bridge where she's like, so, na, 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 na. I taught you Billy Joel. Um, <laughs> great singing. I'll this is a singer's podcast. I'm a fan of this song. 10 out yeah, of 10. What's, ten, your, what's your rating? 11 out of 10. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love it. I love it in the car. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my. Okay, so this track has debuted at the number one spot of the Billboard Hot 100. Um, currently, it's in one week of number one. We, we shall see by the time it's been released. Um, but this track is good for you. Kayla, what are your thoughts on good, the number four, the letter lowercase u? Um, I don't have many written notes, so I'll read them in their entirety and then riff and then maybe see what you have to say um, and riff further. But what I wrote was to angst out of 10. Then I translated that to a numerical 13 out of 10. <laughs> um, I wrote my sole note is great pronunciation of you. I like when she said, good for you, like the paramour yo pronunciation. Fucking love that shit. This, I love this vocal from her. I love the video. I love um, the sort of pivot in mood from like languid, uh, wistful songs uh, that she had released with her first two singles, Driver's License and Deja Vu, into the like rage-filled good for you. I think... Um, the the driving baseline Olivia loves a bass like I love the uh, like the sort of musical arrangement and production and I think she turns in a really solid like pop punk vocal you know it's Haley Williams it's giving it's giving Haley it's giving Avril if she could sing better it's giving um it's giving what Taylor wishes she could be on some of those tracks tracks where she's sort of like imitating Haley from Paramore. Like it's really giving and I love it. And I think it's about time that we have this sort of like resurgence of emo. It's been, you know, almost, well, it's not been, it's been like 10, 15 years since like commercial emo and I'm happy it's coming back. Um, in musical aesthetic, if not in visual aesthetic, the the music video is very sort of, I think, tame. Like, there's a fire in a bedroom, but, like, we can go further. What do you think? Two things. Um, I'm going to do, do a tangent really quick and say that while Kayla was talking, um, I, I got a DM from Jake Wesley Rogers, who's like a queer um, up-and-coming pop artist who like just got shouted out recently on Twitter by Kate Hudson, which is super fun. And I was like, hey, girl, how are you? Um, and so listeners, please like please hype this non-binary artist because they're really good. Second of all, yes, the Paramore parallels are clear. Um, This is exactly what I wanted from Demi Lovato, and I am bitter hearing it from Olivia Rodrigo because I really wish that Demi would have taken something like this on because it would have been such an iconic album. Um, But if we're talking about the track itself, like, it's stunning, um, I want to, like, something that we didn't go over when we talked about this in the, before was that I love that the Gen Zers 
decided that like sheer latex was a thing because we saw it on um, Billie Eilish's Vogue cover. And then immediately after we saw it, saw it with Olivia Rodrigo's cheerleader outfit and these like black or gray sheer latex gloves. And I didn't know that I wanted sheer latex gloves, but I'm excited that they have been visually introduced into the canon. Um, I like, I, so one of the things, and you've mentioned it before in this review, Olivia loves interpolation. She loves to be sort of in between the beat, in between the pocket, um, and like, and deliver a great verse. And like the spoken word interpolation at the end of the second verse is just really fucking stunning. Um, and I wrote that it's a bitter banger. <laughs> I do you mean syncopation? Is it syncopation? I Interpolation is like when you insert some, <laughs> you should see my hand motions. When you insert something into somewhere where it like doesn't belong naturally. So like the, the piano from new year's day on one step forward, three steps back. But like, I feel like you're talking about something rhythmic, right? Like that she's like really in the pocket of the beat. It sort of sounds like she's a little bit in between, but a little bit ahead of in between. If that so makes syncopation, sense. perhaps? Probably Cameron, syncopation. what do you think? Music, music yeah, music uh, I'm not sure what moment you're talking about, but I think you mean I think you mean syncopation. What do you what are you talking? What moment is in, interpolated here? Let me um, syncopation is dividing the beat in half. Uh, okay, let me pull up the lyrics. Jeremy just said that syncopation is dividing the beat in half. I'm talking about syncopation. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that you're all right. And I'm not going to confess to be a music theorist here on this podcast. Uh, and I think that's why most... No, truly, no. I'm just bringing this up because I want your meaning to be clear to the to the listeners at home. Are you talking about when she does, maybe I'm too emotional? Or are you talking about a different part of the song? Um, I when she goes into the like sort of spoken word, well, screw that and screw you. You won't have a, like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think that she comes in a little bit before the beat. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then like, I don't and know then the, the word for it, but I, I hear what you're saying. And I think, um, I, I like that part too. I think it's fun. <laughs> and I, I think she does that there. And then she does it in like, it's like, we never happened, baby. What the fuck is up with that? That's a little yeah. bit closer to the beat, but it's very like, she comes in a little bit before what's happening oh you know what this is not this is the opposite of that but this is the name oh man this is what there is a word for this it's what frank sinatra does what is it that he does when he sort of like it's the opposite though he lets things go for too long and then jumps in late i think that you want the opposite of that word Um, i'm gonna look it up and we can always move on and i'll come back with it later because she does this sort of thing on a couple of tracks she does it like it's like one of her sort of, I mean, I don't know because it's her first album, but it seems like one of her sort of signatures. Okay, while you look that up, and it looks like our executive producer, Aaron, is also looking it up, I'm going to bring up Enough For You. Okay, and so Enough For You has the lyric um, that I was talking about earlier about, like, I read all your self-help books so that you would think that I was smart. And honey, if you're dating a man that's like in his 
like really early 20s that's read a lot of self-help books like it's time to run like it's frankly just time to run um and I also wrote (laughs) that this does hit differently because I know that she's singing about a queer person which is I don't think information that she had upon writing the song um what do you think Kayla if you're ready um, I think, okay, this, this song, I started my notes by writing the Brandy Carlisle of it all. Her phrasing here, her tone, the, the arrangement really sounds Brandy Carlisle-esque. Um, the, I wrote that this song is sad and sung with restraint. I also noted as we were going through the episode, this is the self-help book song. I said I love the vocal quality, but the song itself is not the most memorable. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I think that this is one of the ballads that we can give a poor rating to. I would probably and by give poor it on other albums, an eight out of ten is good. Like remember, uh, remember Leah Michelle. <laughs> you know, like an eight is a good rating. It's not. It's nothing to sneer at. And I think we're just on an album that has multiple ones that are over ten out of ten. You know, so I think we are just having. There's there's a, a standard here that she's setting for herself, right? Like, is the song going to be an 8 or is it going to be a 15? And that's the range we're living in as opposed to the, like, 3 to 7 range or even the 7 to 10 range. We're living in the, like, 8 to 15 range, which for this podcast is, like, legend status. It's... I think it must be exceptionally hard to start your career as a pop artist with driver's license like well and I think I was telling Cameron this like right before the album came out I was like drunk or something one night and I was just like I'm so excited about Sour because we've never seen an artist come out with three such strong singles out the bat I think, like, that are not only, I think, popular, uh, really ubiquitous on radio, really, like, in the public consciousness, like, you know, Driver's License was such a moment, and I think Good For You and Deja Vu were also moments, like, all of that hasn't happened before a singer's release in a really long time. I mean, the closest sort of big buzz drop I can remember is for Billie Eilish. But to me, there wasn't this, like Billie didn't have two number ones before the album dropped, you know? I mean, I would disagree because I feel like, I mean, I mean, not near past, but like Gaga did like um, just dance and then she did like disco stick and then she did like uh, one other like, N- number one like these were huge tracks this stick was not did not chart what is the other number one off that album i'm they just gonna quibble all charted. here they I all charted live and 18 at the time i went to go see her and her songs were not on the radio at the time her album dropped maybe they were after the album dropped but at the time like i bought a physical cd of it her songs were not being played 
I went, uh, I mean, I wasn't super cognizant, so I could be very wrong, but I do Her songs were not played in advance of her album. I'll give you that her songs were very, like, it was a very popular debut album, but it wasn't, like, this level of releasing three hit singles that were in the top ten before the album. I mean, but also, like, and I hate saying it, but, like, Teenage Dream had, like, five number ones, and I think that Teenage Dream was not a debut album. Teenage Dream was the second album from Katy Perry, who already had "I Kissed a Girl" already out there. Already had, I think, "Waking You're right. Up Vegas." So, like for me, I feel like the idea, the specifically for Olivia, part of why I'm so excited is because yeah. this is a new artist who has not yet put shit out there. Katy Perry and Lady Gaga were already sort of like putting out bodies of work before they got popular. And I think this has to do honestly too with like the change in how social media works. Like who knows if Katy Perry and Lady Gaga were operating as Gen Z's, they might also have this level of popularity. Um, but that, that wasn't the case, right? Like her, they didn't have TikTok to proliferate on. They didn't have, uh, I guess really anything, but like MySpace, like that was the MySpace and Facebook are, uh, like Facebook doesn't really support new music in the same way that I think TikTok does. So I think that Olivia has a lot of built-in advantages, but there really hasn't been a female pop debut like hers. I think ever like, like Billy, we can say, but she didn't have those high charting, uh, singles before she had it dropped. one number one is the thing. Yeah. Like it was one number one that like buoyed an entire album. And I think it's like really interesting for you to talk about Billy Eilish in terms of Olivia, because, well, they're both of, industry plants. <laughs> they are both industry plants, but also, Talented. They're also incredibly talented. We like them. We love them. But Billy has not replicated that success on her second album, honey. Like it's just it's album number two. She hasn't come out with her second album. She's already done a single. She's done two singles for it, and neither of them have charted. Well, I mean, I think that's a separate problem. But I do. I, I agree that the the new singles are not great from Billy. Well, I mean, and I'm not even reading the new singles. I'm just reading, like, I feel like, (laughs) LOL. No, I'm reading like sort of the social media and like the speed with which we like cycle through pod or podcasters, LO fucking L. (laughs) (laughs) How we cycle through pop stars is that it's going to, it's just going to keep getting faster. And I agree. Like, uh, a Billy is already like, if we're just talking about sales and charts, like on a sort of a downturn flop. It's not that fast. Uh, what Olivia Rodrigo does with um, singing ahead of the beat is possibly called Tempo Rubato. 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 Uh, Rubato, it's um, she is doing the music how she feels and not necessarily how it's written. I think is the definition, Kayla. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's um, it's about uh, uh, it's literally Italian for stolen time. It also can be translated as free in the presentation, and it's about speeding up and slowing down tempos as the musicians feel. Uh, during the music and not necessarily dictated by the written music. Right. And as we know, legends do it. I mean, Kayla brought up Frank Sinatra, who does it behind the beat. 
Rihanna also typically sings behind the beat. Um, and then ahead of the beat, notably, Beyonce and Michael Jackson come in a little bit before. Um, so, yeah, music theory history for you, uh, for you uh, academics out there. Please no music theorists write in and tell us we're wrong. Only yeah, I don't care. Tell us the right, <laughs> tell us the right term, though, if you know it. Um, yeah. Justin, take it away. If you're screaming that at home, then write in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and volunteer to be a guest and just, like, school us. Um, yeah. But oh my God. Uh, give us a note. Give us a note. We could do a special episode Kayla and Justin learn music theory (laughs) (laughs) oh my god my parents would be so mad they paid for like 10 years of piano lessons and here I am like I don't know anything about music Um, but it's true I don't Um, so uh, what's next we talked about enough for you yes and now we're into happier Um, what do you think of happier Kayla Um, my notes say, I do love a six, eight song. There's sort of this, uh, it's like in, I believe it to be in six, eight, this, like the, I love anything in three, four or six, eight, that sort of like triplet or like waltz melody, you know, that happens. There's sort of an innate to me sort of like movement to it. Um, that is like sort of lilting and nice. Um, I wrote, I don't know if I love with three O's this, I gave it another eight out of 10 to me. It's nice. It's pretty. I really get stuck in my head all the time. I think it's a strong song, but I think we've learned, I don't really like songs with the word happy in the title. I don't know why, like Taylor Swift's happiness. We talked about this song. It just, to me, I don't, I don't know. It, I think, too, this is the point in the album where we can sort of take stock of what's happened so far. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tracks that we've already done. This is the eighth. Then there's going to be nine, ten, eleven. And a lot of the content is about what appears to me to be the same event or events. Like it does really seem to be, um, about a codependent sort of partnership, um, where I think Olivia was probably more invested than the other party where the other party moved along very quickly after the breakup. And there's really a lot of songs about the time frame uh, of which the other party moved on after the breakup. Up. Um, this one being sort of less time frame oriented, but about like, I hope um, you're happy, but not happier than you were with me. Um, and it's all, you know, I love a breakup album, but I do feel like there could be more variance in what the content of this breakup album is again, still an eight out of 10, still a strong song, both within the context of the album and outside of it. But it is, um, certainly, I think for me in the lower half of this album, but again, still a strong showing. Justin? I hope you're happy, but not like how you used to be. <laughs> not like how you were with me, I think. Not like how you like, it's were like, like she wants the, the other party to be always remembering their relationship as like the pinnacle, right? She wants that to be the happiest moments, even if they're past for the other party. And I feel like too, it's a really like, 
you know, this is something that you learn over years or you learn in therapy or you learn wherever, but like you can't really control how the other party feels about an experience. You can only sort of deal with yourself. And in many of these songs, it's really about, I think you're handling this badly, which I mean, super valid. Like I'd love to hear it, but maybe on like uh, 50% of songs instead of like 80% of songs. Yeah, I agree with you in that, like, uh, there's a lot of discourse about the album, about it being, like, a sort of very pure breakup album. And, like, we've had album, like, breakup albums in the past where, like, half of the tracks are about the breakup and then the other half are about something else. Like, this one is, like, a shorter album that's, like, 95% breakup related. Right. And well, like, and I think too, like for me, a breakup album, go for it. But usually a breakup album has sort of an arc of like, mm-hmm. I see it coming. Now it's happening. Now I'm mourning it. Now I'm moving on. And sometimes right. those songs are all mixed up in order, but this one seems to be just stuck in the, I can't believe it's over. You've moved on too quick with no other narratives. Right. And it starts to get a little bit tired. Like, uh, and this, and this is where for me it gets tired I'm not I don't particularly connect to the narrative because I think it's sort of overused um in the new show that I'm watching Hacks on HBO Max they would say that this song is like for Panera people like anybody who loves um a pick two from Panera probably loves this track as well shut up I love a pick two from Panera (laughs) I mean, I also love a pick two from Panera. Why don't we love this song then? (laughs) Because it's not particularly poignant in any part of the lyricism. Um, and, and I like, and I've seen the discourse where people are like, she's 17. What the fuck do you expect? Like, this is what she's going to write about. And I've also seen the discourse of like, is that it, this gets monotonous. And I mean, I want to, like, as I said before this podcast started, I've read a lot of reviews of millennials reviewing Sour, and, like, I don't want to get stuck in the trope of being like, honey, like, you should have seen this coming. But I also, like, do feel like it's valid for us to say, hey, this album is a little bit monotonous in its, like, approach to a breakup song Um, totally and i think overall we're still giving this album like a glowing fucking review it's just like you you can switch it up a little bit right like uh yeah i i think um well you know good for you sort of has the same thematic elements as deja vu as as driver's license and i think all of those what all those songs do really well is sort of take different approaches to how those ideas are expressed but like three songs she could have been done but there were a lot more here yeah. And I don't hate it. I clearly like it. It's just, right. if we have to separate the wheat from the chaff, let's do it. Yeah, this one's weaker, honey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited because we're about to talk about jealousy, comma, jealousy, which I do think, like, as far, if we're talking about variety, this one gives variety. It's not, like exclusively about a breakup but it like you can read the tones in it but it's more about being a general Zer in the age of instagram and tiktok 
Um, and like, and the jealousy that you feel about people who have like a lot of money given to them by their family to buy vintage dresses and fix their teeth, a la Lord's white teeth teens. Um, I think that this song is like, has been done before, but it's done really well here. And the production is incredible especially in the bridge like there is a lot of really crunchy sort of piano chords along with like um uh, a little bit of an electronic take and then and that's done with a like yell sung like lick and so i you know i think the song is chic i think it's dark i think it's what we've come to expect from a gen zer but it still like has um a, like a specifically olivia point of view um what do you think i agree um to, i wrote almost nothing for this song i wrote 13 out of 10 perfect um this is one of my favorite songs on the album i think it's so good there's lord vibes going on certainly in the stacked layering of vocals and in some of the like melodic components um but it still sounds like olivia rodrigo it's complex the content is interesting and to me it's a lot too about like jealousy of one's uh, not necessarily one significant other but like one's peers and specifically like how one stacks up physically next to one's peers um and this song um I just think it's great I think it's very well written I think um both musically and lyrically it's really hitting the mark so uh really one of my favorites yeah, I agree. I w- I didn't want to say it was one of my friend favorites to like foreshadow, but like it's fucking good. Right. Well, um, I give this one a 13 out of 10 just because I feel like Driver's License has more of a a moment and momentum behind it and it also is going to I know just like trigger memories for years to come, but that but Jealousy I might like more even though I gave it a lower rating. I'm going to like agree with you specifically and say 13 out of 10 as well. Um, 13 out of 10, because I know that 13 is one of Taylor Swift's favorite numbers. Absolutely. There's no 14s on this album. 13s or 15s. 13s only. And um, I will also say that every time I read driver's license, I read it in your voice um, on the podcast. And I'm like, driver's license (laughs) because that's how you once introduced driver's license perfect perfect (laughs) um next up is favorite crime um what do you think I think this one's growing on me, honestly, because it's couched in the back part of the album with, like, one other song that I like and a bunch of other songs that I do like but are not as favorite to me as some of the other ones. This one I haven't heard as frequently as maybe the singles uh, or maybe Jealousy Jealousy. Um, I do love the harmonies here. I like the belting technique where sometimes she's not belting, like, in her back backup harmonies and then she'll come through with a belt it's not my favorite it's a nine out of ten still though like i think it's really solid what do you think um 
I was pulling up the lyrics and um, I, I think that this one, because I wrote similar notes, I think that this one's really in the um, in the vocal delivery yeah. of it all. Um, totally. I, I read a review that I liked um, uh, w- and they compared Olivia Rodrigo's voice to like sort of a lilting flute. And mm-hmm. I think that that's really smart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that like she has such a lovely vibrato. I think that she has a beautiful ability to blend um, and to give you a mix of belt and a mix of head voice. Um, and I like specifically love that even like on the quarter notes, she um, like gives you a vibrato. Like it's really fucking stylistic. Um, and I want to use this song to settle a debate that I was having with Jeremy while we were listening to this album and I was writing notes for the pod. Um, Jeremy is like, is steadfast in that Olivia Rodrigo is a theater queen. Um, And I have qualms about this because she's very young. We've not seen her specifically debut in any sort of theatrical role. Yes, she's done High School Musical, the musical, the series. But that's not, that's, uh, that's a show, that's a TV musical that references theater. And now we're doing a TV show that references a TV movie that references theater. And I think that Olivia Rodrigo herself is too cool to be labeled as just a theater queen. I think that she has a smarter, more stylistic take on I fucking hate that text message on pop music. <laughs> um, the text message referred to is Jeremy group texting us all harmonizes to glee with about 10 ellipses. I think there's no way Olivia Rodrigo is not a theater queen. Okay, Justin, have you seen the now famous clip of her doing uh, Don't Rain on My Parade at about age eight? Um, I have when seen When she goes, hat, sir. But... <laughs> But was she referencing Leah Michelle doing Don't Rain on My Parade? The no, the okay. timeline okay. the timeline the lines though. up. Is if she even if she was, that still makes her a theater kid. I don't oh, disagree. Aaron sent a text saying that Olivia has never seen Glee, and she said it in an interview to ABC News Radio Online. Well, she then why did she make that lyric? Seen... Okay, it's just, she has a co-writer, and also it rhymed. Glee. This is bullshit, though. If she's no. a songwriter, then she shouldn't be doing things. With no, she's a songwriter. It's not like the rhyme. Oh, oh, she's writing autobiographically. Okay, um, okay. So she said of writing uh, that neither of us have ever like. Uh, talking about her producer and her neither of us have ever like watched glee but when we were writing the song we were like watching reruns of glee heck yeah um and if you thought olivia was a huge then. keep going if you thought olivia was a huge fan of billy joel because of that line 
play her piano, but she doesn't know that I was the one who taught you Billy Joel. Think again. Dan actually came up with a Billy Joel lyric, which is probably my favorite lyric, Olivia admits. Uh, Dan says, just trying to make Long Island represent as much as possible in this. Uh, But there is some truth to the lyrics. Olivia's favorite ice cream flavor is indeed strawberry. I'm pissed. Why? About that. No, because- songwriters are able to capture like things that are not necessarily their experience, but feel like their experience. It's poetry, right? Like it's not like everything has to be autobiographical. Otherwise, like what? No, no one would ever be able to write a song. I hear you, but I also think that one of the reasons why we've, like, lauded Olivia Rodrigo is, like, for the specificity of her songwriting, and it just... Well, that's still true, though. It doesn't have to be autobiographically specific. She is writing a a persona that we're like, oh, we recognize this. This is specific. We get this. Okay, okay, but Olivia referencing, like, harmonizing to reruns of Glee while also pulling a Taylor Swift, like, piano lick, like, gives us a certain idea about who this person is who's, like, willing to reference things in the recent past when I'm hearing that that's not necessarily the case. No, that's not. Okay, so... I think there's two different things, right? One is that Olivia has long been on the record as a Swifty. She has talked about it in many, many interviews. And then she puts, interpolates, if you will, New Year's Day into one of her songs, right? Like, that's (laughs) one thing. The other thing is writing lyrical content that she did not exactly live. She has not seen Glee, but she writes about harmonizing to... No, she doesn't even write about harmonizing to Glee. She says watching reruns of Glee being annoying, singing in harmony. Like, I believe that she's lived some part of that, but I also think that it doesn't necessarily matter, right? Like, Billie Eilish is coming here writing character songs about, like, being the bad guy, an experience that she doesn't identify with, and we're... I don't think the songwriting rubric is did this happen to you, if not fuck you. Uh, The songwriting rubric is does the song make us feel something? And then that's that's the rubric to me it doesn't matter to me if a musician has lived the experience I do have questions if they're gonna like really appropriate someone's experience who's not their own but I feel like Olivia saying that she watches Glee is very vastly different than (laughs) than that paradigm I hear you I do think that um that a white woman uh watching reruns of Glee is definitely not um, unbelievable. But as we know from a previous episode, I am sort of a glee territorialist. And so, <laughs> well, but like, I don't understand why that's a sticking point though. And Olivia's not white. You're right. Well, frankly, she is white, but she's not. Frankly, I'm wrong, but. <laughs> I don't think that she's exclusively a musical theater gal because she's been raised in film and like, and she's an LA girl at heart. Like she's not stuck up in the, in the rosé of it all. Like she's not 
just reference. Oh my god, it. all theater people are not rose. What the heck? That is wildly <laughs> offensive. What I feel I feel some kind of way about that. Actually, no, that's why I don't like rose because I see in her what I don't like it myself. But also, <laughs> not all of it's not that's not a theater person to me. Right, but Olivia Rodrigo is not a, like exclusively a theater person. To well, me. she just because she does film doesn't mean she's not a theater kid, right? Like she does. If she covers Barbara Streisand at eight years old, like the, you can argue that like mm, Funny Girl is a film, but like that's a theater kid. <laughs> yes, but like the way that she delivers Driver's License in particular, like does not give me musical theater. She's cooler than that. Like the intro to her referencing like the sound of a like a car door opening to me has like a cooler quality than someone who loves Broadway. I think you fucking hate theater people, and that's really rude. Not all of us. You know, some people who like theater are interesting and don't pay attention to Broadway. Or do, but only for the things that are really, like, challenging what's going on. I think your definition of a theater person is very narrow. And what I'm talking about is the kind of bitch who loves Barbara, Judy, who loves, uh, who fucking could... Uh, you know, recite you a little Ethel Merman quote who can talk to you about Patty. Olivia's that girl. I'm sorry. She is. Like, she's um, maybe not exclusively a theater queen. She does film. She came up in film, and now she's a bona fide pop star. She is cooler than one's, like, stereotypical theater girl, but also she's been groomed for years by Disney to appear that way to us. So, as she says, she's, what is she if not exploited? Um, I think bigger than this discussion, though, I don't really care whether or not she's a musical theater queen. <laughs> what I do care about is that she has emerged from whatever phases of her life with, uh, with a really strong musical sense of self. And I think that's, uh, and also really strong musical phrasing, which could be attributed to a life admiring the theater. I will say that I've always been obsessed with you and have not necessarily equated you with the capital T theater, capital G, capital P person. Um, <laughs> Yet. Oh my god. Uh, but I mean, but what I say is that like it doesn't have to be uncool. I I also think that I'm not like I'm not saying, like, I'm a cool theater person. I'm saying that, like, theater people come in a variety of um, degrees of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be the first to admit that Lady Gaga is on a certain level of a degree of annoying when it comes to theater. No, she's a real theater girl. Are you joking? She's the most theater of the theater pop queens. And I like, that's what I like about her. I wish, wish she would lean into that more. I like the Catholicism of it all. Um, next, yeah. <laughs> next up, we have Hope You're Okay. Is that right? Yes. Yes, correct. Hope Last You're song. Okay. This is the anthem tacked on to the end of a breakup album. Kayla, what do you think? I wrote Queer Ally. I don't know. It's not great. 
but it's better than follow your arrow seven out of ten i think it's like we get all these straight anthems for gay people and i'm tired of it and i don't i mean i think this is a solid one as far as that genre is concerned i'm just not interested in the genre i would be very interested if uh olivia eventually was like oh i'm queer too but like i think as far as like what she's, she's given us she's a straight girl singing this like congratulatory sad anthem to queer people and we've heard it a lot and i it's not my favorite narrative as we talked about with rainbow uh, also by casey musgraves um I really dislike that this song closes out the album. I also can't help but read after her, like, ex came out as, like, questioning sexuality. I can't help but read the album and then the placement of this song through that lens. I'm sure it's not true. I'm probably a bitch for saying it, but I'm just like, she put this song at the end of the album for a reason, this, like, if you're queer, I hope you're okay song. Like, okay, Olivia, um... Okay. I don't know. What do you think? I completely agree with you. This is my least favorite song on the um, album. I like, I don't believe that it's disingenuous, but I do think. No, it's genuine for sure. You're right. But it's just like tacked onto a breakup album. And I said to you on this podcast that I wanted 10 tracks and she put the 11th on there because her ex-boyfriend came out as queer (laughs) i don't i i think here's what i think i don't know if she knew and i think she would probably be horrified that people are reading the album this way but like with how the chips fell that's just what i hear you know it is sort of like i mean I think she that. wouldn't have written this album if she knew. I well, do. I know, because the whole album, if you listen to part, like, some of these songs knowing that this guy is queer, you're like, honey, why didn't you realize that? Like, um... Like, I mean, but also... Eight, 17, 18, you know, like... How is... You know... I just want to say they tried on each other's jean jackets. Um, and I, and I don't want to say anything else. And then I would like to say, JK. That Wait, did you do that with your um, um, girlfriend? LOL, 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 Um, I had a girlfriend. I know. That's what I'm asking. Did you try on her jean jacket and did she try on yours? No, but the funny thing about it is, is that I met my girlfriend when I was working at Chick-fil-A. Don't cancel me. It's not my fault. No, I I love that. And then, um... And then she has now turned out to be, and she was particularly successful fashion blogger that, like, um, that uh, concentrates on sort of like she like loves to tell you about what's on clearance at Dillard's and what you can get that's chic at Target. Like, that's I'm, helpful. Yeah. Oh my god, no, that's so great. I think we mostly talked it out. Um, I think this is the weakest track on the album for reasons of continuity. Um, yeah, agree. Agree. Hard agree. Okay. Well, but also, again, I'll just keep things in perspective. For me, the worst song on the album is a 7 out of 10. Right. I I would give this one a 6 out of 10. You know what? It might be a 6. But at the same time, we've reviewed much worse. I agree. I want to liken this song, and I've done this in the past, to Dua Lipa's um, Boys Will Be Boys, which I famously hated. (laughs) 
I'm just sick of a contrived, anthemic political song tacked onto the end of a, a otherwise exceptional pop album. I think yes, I think that on this on this album, this is misplaced and unsuccessful. Yeah. I, I'm not like wholesale against attacked on anthem. I just, well, cause I think for example, it works, it works on, um, golden hour. Yeah. Right? We get rainbow at the end and I think it kind of works. I, I don't think wholesale, they never, ever work. I just think it's gotta be a special song. It's gotta be a good song. It's gotta be in line with the rest of the album, which this one, I think all around kind of, it's not. Yeah, I think back to Rena's, and this wasn't at the end of the album, but Chosen Family, that which I didn't love as much as you, but is, I think, better than this. Oh, certainly. Well, partially because uh, it comes from an actually queer person. Right. And then, like, Beyonce ending Lemonade with Freedom, like a stunning anthem, um, beautifully done, but was in line with the thesis of the album. That's not the last track, though. Isn't... Um... Uh, all night long isn't that the end of the album i thought that freedom was but i'm i have never i've always been wrong so i'm i wouldn't be surprised if i were wrong i'm just remembering um her like this the balloon sleeve silhouette that she wore in that one. Okay, so the track listing Cameron's pulled up for uh, Lemonade goes Daddy Lessons, Love Drought, Sandcastles, Forward, Freedom, Then All Night, which is the official end of the album, and then right. Formation, okay. uh, which was released prior to the album and appears as credits in the HBO version. Gotcha. Um, so, But Freedom is penultimate there, and I agree that it works. <laughs> yes. I. Um, okay, so let's talk about Favorite tracks from Sour. What are your favorite tracks? Numerically, my highest rated ones are Driver's License, Good For You, and uh, not favorite crime, <laughs> Jealousy, Jealousy. I think if I had like a really close fourth for me is, is Brutal. I just love Brutal. Um, but uh, I mean, that's, that's a huge chunk of the album is really high for me. What about you? On the albums that are good, Kayla and I typically agree always. And I would, and this is the one of them. This one is just, it's a great album. And number one for me is Driver's License. Number two for me is Good For You, narrowly edging out Jealousy, Jealousy. And then Brutal is my fourth as well. And there are a bunch of great tracks on this album. I would put Traitor as fifth, which like, what does that mean? Like, I, I don't think you can have a fifth favorite track, but I do like the track. No, I could easily name Deja Vu as my fifth. Mm, and Deja Vu would be my sixth. Honestly, synergy. Synergy. Um, let's talk about our rating, which I have not thought about. So I'm going to make you go first. I haven't really thought about this either. We can see from Olivia's open opening lines that she doesn't really like alcohol um, I, or hasn't tried it. She's 18. Um, so something that this album makes me think of, though I wouldn't necessarily rate it as, is like grape juice, like the expression of sour grapes and like the idea of something being like bittersweet, I think though sort of more in line with how this album feels to me is like, 
Um, maybe some kind of like mocktail version of the Shirley Temple, right? Like it's bubbly, it's bright. A lot of it's really fun, but it is a breakup album. But like we're still living in teenage breakup, right? Like we're we're living in like you said this, and now you're with her, and I saw you in public, as opposed to like you know a, a sort of a more mature breakup album of like you ruined my life and you know got custody of my child or whatever. You know we're so very much living in post-pubescent love, adolescent love. Um, so I think for me, it would be like a Shirley Temple, but we sub out the Sprite for ginger beer or something. It's got a little bit of bite, but it's, um, still really like fruity, bubbly, enjoyable, um, I don't know. This might be a weird rating. I think as far as our typical readings of reading them on a box widen system, like to me, this is going to be a Cabernet Sauvignon Boda box, like the highest rating we have. I think it's a really solid album. It's consistent. It's good. Uh, even the songs I don't like, I think are quite solid. Um, and I would say my only real complaint is I wish that there was more variety in what the, what the lyrics were about, like in the specifics that we're dealing in with the lyrics, um, that we were sort of dealing with a wider breadth of material here. But, um, I do love a breakup album and I think this is quite a good one. What do you think? So I may have read some contrary sort of literature and that like one of Olivia's recent interviews, she was like, I'm in Europe and the drinking age is 18. So I'm like, I can go out to the pub soon. Um, and so I don't know if I've told this story in the pod before, but there was like a notable night where Kayla and I went out, um, to, um, a, like a little like gay bar pub in London. It was the night of a thousand Markles. Um, and <laughs> while Meaning we, it was the night of the Royal wedding. Like it was the, the day that Harry and Meghan got married. Yes. Night of the thousand Markles was just like the bar name for the night. Yes. It was significant. Um, and Kayla and I were dancing and I like brought over two vodka crayons and then I was like drunk, drunk. And then I dropped one of them and it shattered. And Kayla, <laughs> instead of like being annoyed with me, looked at me and said, okay, let's just walk five feet the other direction. And so we like walked five feet the other direction. And then Kayla went to the bar and was like, okay, we shattered a glass. Can you please come up and like sweep it up? I have something to add, which is I think I did that in a really bad British accent because I didn't want them to think we were Americans breaking (laughs) their shit in the bar. And I was like, we shattered a glass. (laughs) 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 That's so funny. I think it was bad too. They definitely were like, this American bitch thinks we don't know. But we know. I mean, the glass was broken. Although I think that's a very British thing to do is break a glass in a bar. British people are messy. Yeah, they are messy. Well, and all of that to say, 
Um, it was a really sweet moment from Kayla because she was like, don't worry about it. I will, I will do this. I will figure this out for you. And I was like, thank God. And then I also think that like, um, Olivia is very dramatic and a shattered vodka crayon would be very significant to her. So, um, I'm going to give this, um, a shattered vodka crayon. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. That's perfect. (laughs) No, I think that when Olivia starts drinking, she'll really like, uh, uh, vodka crayon, but I don't want to encourage underage drinking. We as a podcast want you to be responsible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm all about the art, so like, do what you want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but um, all right, so we've done our ratings. We've done our favorite tracks. The only thing left is to play the last game of the season. Oh my God, the last game of the season. Last game of the season. Here we go. Oh, I'm a drink. That's my white claw on the floor. There's a little bit left in there. Oh, yeah, that's my white claw. Oh, no, I have two white claws that I'm currently drinking. Ooh. All right. Ooh, okay. Yep, down it. And here we go. All right. Hey, everybody. So... The format of today's game is multiple choice questions. You will have three options as answers, and if one person gets it wrong, the next uh, the next contestant can steal the question for a half point out of the two remaining um, options. Okay. And it's by turns, right? We don't ding in. It is by turns. Okay. All right. That's better. That's better. <laughs> I remember yeah. when we first started these games and I was feeling very competitive and with each game I'm now just like let's just see what happens. I hope I lose. <laughs> All right. So here we go. The 100% official California driver's license test. Here we go. Can't wait. Kayla, you are up first. I'll have you know I passed my driver's license test in California on my first try. So if I don't ace this test, it's the fault of the test makers. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, no, you're all great. I love you. Okay. All right. So my driver's license last week. Sorry. I got my driver's license. Oh, fuck. You know what? I actually think God we're playing this game. I got to go to, like, the DMV tomorrow because tomorrow my driver's license, speaking of, expires. And they wouldn't re- renew it online. And they said I had to renew it online. So I have to go to the driver's um, motor bureau vehicle <laughs> tomorrow. Wait, what is it called? The DMV. No, the... Bureau of Vehicles. But it's not B in California. It's D. D. DMV. What is the D for? Drivers. Department. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, driver's license what? Driver's license being one word. (laughs) Driver's license motor vehicles. (laughs) It's department. Okay. Uh, This goes well for the game. Okay. Yeah, you're going first. Am I going first? You're going first. (laughs) Okay. Okay, you ready? Mm, driver's license. Okay. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. What should drivers do in case of a brake failure? <gasps> a. Tie a white cloth on the left door handle. <laughs> B. Brake lightly. Or C. Shift to a lower gear. A C. Shift ah. to a lower gear. That is correct. You, you shift to a lower gear. Thank you. 
<laughs> Take note, 15 year olds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, Justin, question two. A school bus has stopped ahead on your side of the Wait, road is really and is flashing its red lights. What should you do? <laughs> A. Stop until all the children have crossed your lane. B. Stop as long as the red lights flash. Or C. Stop first, then proceed when you think it is safe. B. B is correct. Oh, yes. You're a good driver. We have our driver's license. Driver's licenses. Um, yeah, never hurt the children. <laughs> <laughs> Rule number one of driving. Okay. Kayla, next question. If you approach a traffic light with a red signal and a police car directs you to go through the intersection without stopping, you should A, stop until the light turns green, B, go through the intersection without stopping, or C, come to a complete stop before proceeding. Didn't say C. Didn't say C? That is incorrect. Wait, do you just go through? Justin, would you like to steal for half a point? I would love, but could you read it again? <laughs> sure, sure. If you approach a traffic light with a red signal and a police officer directs you to go through the intersection without stopping, you should A, stop until the light turns green, or B, go through the intersection without stopping. Okay, so this is when the aggressively male police officer is sort of waving at you to go through, and I've always been afraid of police officers, so I'm going to go with the one where you don't stop. <laughs> And you just that drive. Is correct. You that just drive. Correct. You yeah. just drive. Driver's license. <laughs> you just driver's license your way on through there. Okay. Last week. All right, Justin. Next question. You are approaching a railroad crossing with no warning devices and are unable to see 400 feet down the tracks in one direction. The speed limit is a 15 miles per hour. B. 20 miles per hour, or C, 25 miles per hour. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So you're approaching the railroads, there's no sign to stop, and you, like, can't see a train for, like, as, as long as, like, if you look out into the blue ocean, like, there's not a train. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening? That's pretty much it, yeah. yeah okay. Ocean, but yeah. Gorge, I've always said just err on the side of caution. So 15 miles per hour. 15 miles per hour? Yeah. That is the correct answer. Good job. All right. What Kayla. is 15 miles per hour? <laughs> yes, that is correct. That's the correct answer. <laughs> Which I, I never really, I don't know if I've been in this situation. I haven't really thought about it. I don't know. Anyway. Um, all right. Kayla, you just sold your vehicle. You must notify the DMV within how many days? Five days? Ten days? Or 15 days? 15 days. That is not correct. Justin, would you like to steal for half this a point? This is not a driver's license test. Yeah. It's 100% it's official. I said that. This is automobile policy, not a driver's license yes. test. Tell it, to the, tell it to the DMV. No, we can't. Okay, so I'll you tell can't. them tomorrow when I go in. <laughs> 
on my birthday. I have a, an off story pod to tell about the woes of my life. Um, okay, so I would have honestly gone with Kayla's answer, which was 15. Like, that seemed like the most appropriate. Like, you always get a 30-day grace period whenever you have to renew your license plate. So I don't know why it wouldn't be 15 days. But because I'm because we're going with, like reverse psychology, I would say five, but 10 is just so enticing. So I don't know what I should say. I'm going to say five. That is the correct answer. Oh, shit. Justin. oh my God. I'm losing. I'm losing so hard. Okay. Let's go. I'm ready. I really thought it was 10. I got my driver's license last week. <laughs> All right. Like we always talked about Justin. There is no crosswalk, and you see a pedestrian crossing your lane ahead. You should A. Make eye contact and then pass them. B. Slow down as you pass them. Or C. Stop and let them finish crossing the street. I don't know. The American government has never particularly cared about the individual. Um, But... (laughs) I would personally slam on the brakes. So I guess I'll go with C. C is correct again. Wow, Justin's a really good driver. You're a really good driver, Justin. Did you get your driver's license last week? No, I just have panic attacks every time I go on the highway. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> All right, Kayla, you are driving, speaking of, you are driving on a freeway posted for 65 miles per hour. Most of the other vehicles are driving 70 miles per hour or faster. You may legally drive A, 70 miles per hour or faster to keep up with the speed of traffic, B, between 65 miles per hour and 70 miles per hour, or C, no faster than 65 miles per hour. C. That is correct. Yeah, because that's what I got ticketed on. I know this one. (laughs) Wow, I thought it was between 65 and 70. I heard, always frankly, heard... Frankly, like, what they teach you in school, it's like, in driver's school, driver's license school, is like, keep up with the flow of traffic, otherwise it's unsafe. But if you go over, you're fucked, essentially. Like, legally, the, the, they can pull you over for 66 and a 50, 65, so... Bullshit. That's what I call. No, bullshit. I know it's it's stupid. It it's not. It also doesn't make any sense. But well, I guess it does if you want to uphold the rule of law, which none of us do. I will say that traffic law is one of the few things that I like. I'm sort of religious about. Everything else is sort of a crapshoot. But oh well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Driver's license. Driver's license. <laughs> Last week. We're all licensed adults. Yeah, we are. We're I all mean, licensed consenting adults. Except for me, adults. as of tomorrow at midnight, I'm not a licensed adult anymore. Mine is temporary, to be honest with you. Temporary? How? <laughs> we'll talk after the book. Oh, my God. Okay. Great. Okay. All right. Justin, you're Justin. up. All of the following practices are dangerous to do while driving, but which of them is also illegal? Oh, shit. A. Listening to music through headphones that cover both ears. B. Adjusting your outside mirrors while driving. Or C. Transporting an unrestrained animal inside the vehicle. 
All of these sound illegal, but I do remember my parents like saying something about listening to music in both headphones being illegal. So I'm going to say A. A is correct, Justin. Yay! Good job. You're a great driver. Which I think is actually truly sort of classist because sometimes radios break. Um, and like headphones aren't that strong. You can actively hear, um, a police officer coming, even if you have your headphones up high. Meanwhile, like if there is a dog in your car unrestrained and you get in a wreck, it will die. Like I, I'm not understanding like why we don't like figure out some sort of dog car seat. But that's just million me. dollar idea. Let's go. Let's, let's get Art on Pop it. and Bottles next venture. <laughs> Art Pop and Bottles presents dog car seats. Truly, they'll sell good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just so we are on, so we know where we are here. We are on question nine of twelve. So just nine. Few, just a I'm few. I'm so more. drunk. just a few more questions between our contestants and one of them receiving the grand prize nine total not nine per person right i know but still that means we both answered four and a half questions (laughs) you answered a lot of questions i got a lot wrong (laughs) okay well here's your chance i'm ready you've got it you're coming back all right you are about to be hit from the rear you should not a Release your seatbelt. B. Brace yourself. Or C. Press your head against the head restraint. A. Yeah. Like, what the fuck yeah, that kind of question? I mean, is I don't that? know. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Uh, Great. No, I'm. I'm happy. One, no, one of our producers really was really into that one. No, anyway, no, um. Lol. Who are you Jeremy. shading? Is it I Jeremy? Saw Jeremy dancing in the background. Uh, that's classified information. Um, <laughs> I have to say though that one of the like things that I've heard from drivers lore is that if you brace yourself or tense up before you feel like you're going to get in a wreck, you will typically get a worse industry. Like, yeah, well, um, you'll industry? typically get, it, typically get a worse. Um, what is that I word that I'm looking for? Injury. Injury. If you brace yourself because your muscles and bones are all tense. Wait, are there any um, Oreos in there? They are, but Jeremy won't let me eat them because they're like $40 a pop if you sell them on Etsy, so I can't ever taste the sweet glory of a chromatic Oreo again. I have to eat the bullshit second-tier golden Oreo. Jeremy, you should just, like... You should eat one more each. This is a plug. Art Pop and Bottles listeners, if you loved Chromatica, maybe five of you, Jeremy is selling. (laughs) I think actually the majority of our listeners loved Chromatica and hate me. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's probably incorrect. But, I mean, if our audience is disproportionately white and and gay, then it's possible. I mean, I think you will. But um, Jeremy is selling chromatic Oreos in resin resin with like little like sprinkle sequins shaped in a heart. So if you want Lady Gaga history, buy them on Etsy from um, Jeremy Smith. What's your username? The Art Uncle. 
Art Ho Bo. Art Ho Bo. Yes. You heard Spelled it the French way. Okay, what's the next question? All right, the next question for Jeremy, right? Yeah, no, for Justin. For Justin, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's for you Justin. Sam, most of the time when that happens, I let it slide, but I'm not for you. <laughs> you know what? I, that's, I can accept that. I'm just going to give you this one. I'm kidding. Cam no. looks incredible, by I'm the way. Competitive. Let's go. All right, okay, no, okay. Give me the, give me the point. All right. <laughs> The question is, a person moving to California is expected to obtain a California driver's license within how many days? 10, 30, or 60 days? Okay, here's the thing. I'm not a Californian, but God willing, I will be in two years. Um, Why? I love California. Give me the, give me the. No, it's nice, but like. Perpetual climate. Give me the like poetic quality of it being oh, on fire oh, give it no give it's it. not poetic it's hard to breathe <laughs> frankly the yeah. fires are actually really worrying but <laughs> i support you moving here i want it because i'm not a theater girl um and california theater girls live here i hate to break it to you <laughs> californians from what i hear are relaxed and i think that this is wrong but i'm going to say 60 days uh yeah that's wrong um, okay that's not okay. correct but okay. it's a good try um kayla would you like to give it a crack the options are 10 and 30 yes 30 that is also incorrect you're joking no that's bullshit, that's bullshit. 10, 10 days, days? 10 absolutely days. the fuck not california no. It's you know no, what? You, what? What do you... People come here for 10 days all the fucking time. Yeah, and legally they're supposed to get a California no, driver's license. That, that's so stupid. California laws are stupid, though. Fuck Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is what I'm talking about. This, it's not tenable. Also, there's huge sections of California that just want to break off and be their own Confederate-ass states. Like, it's not worth it. Uh, you know what? Frankly, that storyline where Gwyneth Paltrow, like, <laughs> is... Uh, um, advocating for the for California to secede from the states on the politician is uh, the only irredeemable quality of the politician. Was that season two? Yeah, with Patty Lapone to season two. I watched all of season one, and then I it was too much. Erin, did you watch the politician? Erin is did. nodding. And did you watch till season two? Oh my gosh, Aaron did it. Oh wow, Aaron took one for the team. I mean, I hate Ben Plaid. And that's it. That's oh, I think saying. that goes uncontested on this podcast. We didn't talk about the Dear Evan Hansen trailer. I haven't even seen it, uh, frankly, but I've seen I've seen I won't it pass silently it. on my thing. Yeah, no, I'm boycotting it. Fuck that shit. I never liked it. And no, I think these are talentless white hacks who just no, yeah, the, the story's stupid, the music's stupid. Ben Platt can sing good, and that's about it. Uh, you, he's from 40. of Pitch Perfect fame, of Pitch Perfect fame is Ben Platt, and frankly, it, wait, sorry, he was in Pitch Perfect. Yes. Oh, it's just because his dad's a producer. Well, I know, no, privilege. I, you know, he runs with a lot of wealthy New Yorkers who are all very nice people. I'm sure he's lovely. I um, bet he's friends with Rosé. 
I don't know that he's friends with Rosé. But he will be. If he isn't now, he will be. I don't know. I find it all annoying. I don't like the musical. I'm annoyed. I agree. Um, we're anti-Ben Platt. We're anti-Dear Evan, Dear Evan Hansen on this podcast. And we're also anti-Katy Perry. And I do think there's a through line there. Absolutely. We... Um... Uh, I'll think of the third line later. Let's finish this game. Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go for the biggest prize of the season. Here's uh, the 11th question. Uh, A person may legally... This is for Kayla, by the way. A person may legally ride in the back of a pickup truck when A, the sides of the pickup bed are at least 24 inches high, B, the back of the pickup is covered with a camper shell, or C, in a secured seat... Uh, and while using an approved safety belt. C. C is correct. Well done. Catching on up here. All right. Justin. Yes. Which of these statements is true about drugs and driving? (laughs) A. Any prescription drug is safe to use if you don't feel drowsy. B. Even over-the-counter drugs can impair your driving. Or C, only illegal drugs can impair your driving. This is wild. This is a wild question. Okay, so the first one is like, prescription drugs are cool as long as they don't make you feel drowsy, which is like a sort of valid response because there are a lot of like um, commercials that are like, don't use this while driving because it will make you drowsy. B is a ridiculous answer where it's like uh, even restrict even over-the-counter drugs can impair your driving i don't want to talk about that i'm going to go ahead and nix that and then what was c uh c is only illegal drugs can impair your driving i don't think that's true either so and i don't think that that's written in public policy so i'm going to go with a i'm going to go with a that is not correct damn I'm afraid. Kayla? What's B and C again? B and C. Even over-the-counter drugs can impair your driving, or C, only illegal drugs can impair your driving. B, opioids are over-the-counter. Okay. Very good. All right. So. Did uh, I get it right? You did get it right. That is correct. So, that leaves us with our final question um, our oh yes, our final bonus question. Which are we tied? LOL. You are really close to tied, and it's time for a bonus question. And this is worth fuck it two two points. It's it's worth two points. Jesus. Okay. And we're gonna buzz in. We using what? Ding ding. What do we say? Driver's license. Um. Say, uh, Billy Joel. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Please wait until I finish the third option of the question before buzzing in. Okay. Okay. If you park facing uphill on a street with a curb, set the parking brake and A. Turn the front wheels toward the curb. B. Turn the front wheels away from the curb. Or C. Leave the front wheels straight. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Sorry. Kayla? Is B turn 
the wheel toward the street, toward the stealing, steering wheel toward the street. Uh, no, the options are turn the front wheels toward the curb, turn the front wheels away from the curb, yeah. or leave the front wheels straight. It's B. It's B? That is correct! Bing, 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 bing. You have won the oh, Art Poppin' Bottles at 100% official California driver's license test. Thank you so much. I literally have yeah. a California driver's license, so I'm so glad. What's this? Here is your prize. As your prize, you get to have your uh, birthday <laughs> present. Oh my god. Yeah. Stop! Wait! Oh my fucking god! Ah! Wait, just wait till you see it! <laughs> Listeners, it's a black bucket head with the word daddy written in the Shrek font. I'm so happy! <laughs> I will say that I was um, tipped off to this happening earlier in the podcast, and I made did you a play face. The game so I would win. No, I did not know that that's how this is, was going to be delivered, and I'm obsessed with how this happened. You look stunning. <laughs> I'm telling I you, mean, listeners. So be jealous. It's actually the best bucket hat that's ever been made. It's I a made. really good hat. It's Ooh. really good, and it's very sour. Yes, and it looks, it truly, she, Kayla has this sort of wonderful purple periwinkle tank top top going on, a neon pink choker, and then a stunning bucket hat, hat that says Daddy in the Shrek font. Has there ever so been a more happy. sartorial look? No. Oh, incredible. Oh, I'm so happy. This is such an honor. Thank you all. Wow. That's so, a game. Congratulations to Kayla for winning this game. I am in awe of your skills. I just want to say thank you so much. I know we did this kind of when we did the shot, but I'm obsessed with the listeners for sticking with us this long. I really, really love our executive producers, Aaron Barnett, Cameron Toy, Jeremy Smith. You guys have done such exemplary work. I don't know why we don't have a show on Showtime or the E! Network at this point. I really do think that we deserve it. Um, <laughs> the work that you do produce yes do the work that you guys do in producing content for us meanwhile most of what we say like can't even be repeated to our colleagues um <laughs> kayla i'm obsessed with you i love doing this podcast with you you know it's been a joy to like look forward to something in the like the legitimate era of the pandemic this season has been going on since the pandemic began and um as as it wanes but is still here it's really a joy to do this um every week and we love you for listening please god leave us a review on itunes i'm sick of looking at my boyfriend's review <laughs> truly leave us a review um but thank you for listening thank you to our producers thank you to justin for co-hosting with me through this chaotic season it really was a bright spot in my pandemic and i hope it remains a bright spot in yours and hopefully in the post-pandemic months to come we're not clear yet but hopefully we'll be coming at you with another season once things are a little bit more um, stable health-wise nationally and internationally.
Yes. And we might do a special episode. Maybe. Uh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Ooh, well, happy Pride listeners. Thanks for sticking with us. We appreciate all 27 of you and counting um, international listeners. We have listeners from all over, and I appreciate it. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. And I hope that you love Leah Michelle, and I hope that you love Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> if you don't love Leah Michelle and Olivia Rodrigo, I mean... Uh, I guess we have other episodes, <laughs> but also these are very entertaining. Thank you for being here with us. Yes. All right. Good night. Good night.